It's prediction time. Who's going to win in the red bandana game? Will it be Boston College breaking their four-game losing streak, or will it be Virginia Tech? We're going to give you our preview and prediction on today's show. All of this and more on Locked On Boston College. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Boston College. AJ Black here. Thank you all for listening. Today's show is brought to you by McDonald's. McDonald's has been serving community since 1965. McDonald's always has been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable foods. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. I'm loving their sausage McMuffins on my weekends too. Now, happy Friday, everyone. It is game day. This is the first Friday game day that I think I've ever done at Locked On Boston College. So you're going to get like the you can have this ready for you for your tailgates this afternoon, uh, getting ready for that Virginia Tech Boston College game today. Usually we have Eric Hofstis. He was busy, um, but I'm really excited because we got Mitch back. Mitch Wolf, how's it going? It's going good. You know, Eric said that he was that BC would have a special teams touchdown last week. It went the other way. So he's been kicked off Fridays. I'm taking over from here on out, whether AJ likes it or not. Now, if you <laughs> saw me, my back and forth with Eric on Friday uh, last week when he was posting memes about Steve Adazio with Do You Miss Me? That was not the reason why he's not on the show. Believe me, I thought about kicking him off the show for posting that, but I didn't do it. Um, now, Mitch, let's, you know, we're going to get into the game, but I, th- I haven't had a, I feel like I haven't done a good job of talking about the importance of the red bandana game. Now, for those of you that have noticed um, or don't know the story, I should say the red bandana game is you. It's an, it's to honor the, the memory of Wells Crowther, a former Boston college graduate and lacrosse player who lost his life during the uh, terrorist attacks on September 11, 2001. Uh, He was a, I believe he was working in the World Trade Center. He was a firefighter as well. And when the the planes hit, you know, many people, they ran out, he ran back in. And he he saved, I believe, over a dozen lives um, in the the towers. And what he did, uh, you know, was, was he had that red bandana on. And that's how people knew it. And when his mom and dad heard about it afterwards, they knew exactly who, who, was the hero that did that it was their son now unfortunately wells lost his life mitch you know this game means a lot you were a band member you were in you know, the student section when these games were going on what did it mean to you during these red bandana games you know a lot of people have kind of talked about the subject and then obviously i was only i think six when the actual 9-11 happened so i you know, vaguely remember it, but obviously didn't really fully understand what happened. But, you know, hearing the story, the ESPN feature does a really good job of, you know, talking to people who some of the people he saved, his parents, um, kind of explaining how much of a BC guy he was, you know, men and women for others. That's kind of the slogan. And that's what everybody says about him in terms of what he did on that day. Uh, so, you know, it is a really special story. You know, I was I, I was in the band on the first run band and game against USC. Uh the thing I remember is like, we, I think we thought about wearing like red bandanas on our arms, but because it was raining, we were afraid that it would bleed onto uniforms. So it would bleed like pink and it would mess up the uniforms. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's a really tremendous story and, you know, a tragic loss of life, but somebody who really, you know, sacrificed their, themselves to save, you know, as many people as they could in a short amount of time. 
Now, if you're on campus and you get there early and you have a moment, you can check out the 9-11 memorial that they have uh, on campus that pays tribute to all the Boston College alumni that passed away. It's a nice little uh, memory for them. And, you know, throughout the game, it's not just the red bandana uniforms that they wear. They always have... um, you know, special features on the Jumbotron. They have guests that come, you know, Wells's mom will be there. I'm sure we'll probably try to be there. His dad used to, but his dad passed away a couple of years ago. And, you know, they, they, they also, um, during these games, I believe, um, honor other heroes for different things. I know they've had different uh, service people who have come to those games. Um, it, it, so it's, it's a special feel on campus. It's a special feeling for the game. And as I wrote on BC Bulletin today, no matter how poorly Boston College is playing, this game holds meaning. I've seen a lot of different people saying that the red bandana um, tradition is one of the coolest new, or they, they use cool. I, I would say one of the more powerful new traditions in college football. I, they, they put that in the same um, like bucket as the Iowa uh, mm-hmm. football players that wave to the, to the kids in the hospital during their game. And mm-hmm. I, and I agree. I think this is such a big moment for Boston College. Um, and, you know, Halfley, he's done a great job, I think, of, of really pushing uh, the story to the kids so they know it. Because as you just said, you were six. Many of these, almost all of them were not alive when this happened. Um, mm-hmm. So it's important for them to understand the, the relevance to this because it's it's such an important event. Mitch, do you have any other thoughts about it? Yeah, I just want to shout out. I have, a, I have a very good friend who listens to this podcast and he was uh, during our time in college, he was very involved in the red bandana 5k. So a uh, shout out Anthony Gallo. Uh, he's, a, you know, he's, he's from Northern New Jersey and a very connected to that area and a very, you know, big proponent of the 5k run. Uh, so shout out to him. And yeah, I mean, like you, I'll echo everything you said, you know, it's a great, it's a somber, you know, tribute, but it's a great tribute to a great person who did a great thing at a terrible time. Yeah. And that, uh, you know, we'll talk about that piece, but let's talk about the game itself and the history of the game. You know, there's been so many great moments. Obviously this game goes back to 2014. It was the first time they had, it was against USC. If you're a Boston college fan, you know exactly what happened in that game, but there's been some big games as well. uh, Since then, you know, there was the Florida state game a couple of years ago where they, they mopped the floor at the Seminoles. They beat Miami at home. Um, is there any other moments, any red bandana moments that you think of Mitch? You know, it's funny because I like when I, when I think of red bandana game, I always think, Oh, like something crazy can happen. BC's probably going to win, but BC actually has a losing record in red bandana games. Um, they're three and four, obviously then this is their time, their chance to tie it up. But I, I think I, I definitely remember the, uh, 24, no 2015 game where they lost 14, nothing to, to Florida state, because that was the game where Darius Wade broke his leg and, uh, that kind of started the death spiral of that season. But I mean, I remember that game being a very close game mm-hmm. um, kind of then closer than people thought because, you know, Florida state was coming off a very good season. Um, and I think that's the time I, I remember seeing Harold Landry kind of play for the first time and really make an impact. I was like, Oh, okay, this guy's really good. And he's going to be something. And of course he eventually did go on to be, you know, one of BC's best defensive players in the last decade or so. It's, it's funny that you bring out that they have a losing record because now that I think of it, there's so many games, <laughs> some of the games yeah. that you think of. There was a Clemson game I remember going to. I want to say it was 2017 that they got waxed. I remember it. That, I was, my, that was my senior year, 2016. I remember that because one of my friends after the game said, hey, nobody puts uh, 60 points on BC and Chestnut Hill. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that game, there was the Kansas game a couple of years ago under Adazio. I mean, last year they were in it for most of it, but that wasn't that great. So 
this is a chance for Boston College. In a moment, Mitch and I are going to dive in and talk about this game. I want to hear Mitch's thoughts. I've given my thoughts about uh, Virginia Tech all week long. But if this is your first time listening to Lockdown Boston College, I want to thank you. If this is your first listen every morning, if you have made this part of your routine, I want to thank you too because we do this every day. We have this. We just hit our one-year anniversary of Lockdown Boston College. We've done over 250 episodes. And I want to thank each and every one of you that have become a listener of our podcast. So we're going to continue doing this through the football season, through basketball season. We do this all the time. And I've really enjoyed doing this for each and every one of you. What else I enjoy? McDonald's. This episode of Locked On Boston College has brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving community since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where families and friends can come to connect. It's a place where classmates can come for a study group, knowing that they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and an endless supply of French fries and flurries. To win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, or the away team can come to recharge. My family, the Black family, we love McDonald's. My son is a Happy Meal fanatic. He loves to get his cheeseburger and fries. He gets that, you know, it's a special treat for him. And I always get my spicy chicken sandwich. Gotta check him out at McDonald's. And always their fries, the best in fast food. You gotta love it. McDonald's, head on over to McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. I'm loving it. This is Locked On Boston College. AJ Black here. I'm joined by Mitch Wolf. We're previewing and predicting the Virginia Tech game. Now, if you already checked out my uh, preview and prediction on Locked On uh, on BC Bulletin, you know where I'm going with this. You can throw your daggers and knives at me because I'll get into that in a moment. Mitch, what are your opening thoughts about this game? So, I mean, traditionally, Virginia Tech is a pretty tough opponent for BC. Obviously, last year, they gave BC all kinds of trouble in a kind of a a weird game that was oddly similar to maybe the NC State game this year, where BC had some, you know, fluky turnovers that, and then the game just kind of got away from them. Um, So I think that BC is going to be better this year, at least on defense, just because they're going to be more disciplined against the QB run game. And, you know, Hendon Hooker is now at Tennessee and he's lighting it up for them. So, and Khalil Herbert, even uh, after giving the BC the blues for two years on two different teams is now playing pretty well in the NFL. So, you know, the Hokies their offense is a little worse. So that's good for BC. Um, But, you know, they're still going to run the QB a good bit. And that's something BC really has to focus on. They've got some really good passing weapons in Trey Turner and uh, Tavion Robinson. So, you know, I, I think BC's pass defense has been great this season. So that's something I'm comfortable with. But, you know, stopping their run game could be problematic. Yeah, I, that's when I look at what they do in terms of running, I, I worry, you know, based off of the history we've seen at BC in the last couple of weeks with Syracuse and with um, Louisville. That being said, I think going into this game, I have made it very clear where I think the problem is, and it's the offense. And I'm not blaming just the quarterback because I think there's more of an issue. It's it's a more probable, it's a, it's a programmatic issue right now with the offensive line struggling, the quarterback struggling, and it all kind of bleeds into everything else. So what do we need to see from the offense on Saturday so that the defense doesn't get gassed, the defense doesn't fall apart in the third quarter? So this is, you know, last week you talked about 
how the matchups were just kind of really just not in BC's favor on both sides of the ball. I think this week it's a little better because, you know, Virginia Tech, their defense is pretty good. They have the 10th best passing defense in terms of yardage, but they have the 91st best in terms of rushing yardage on defense. So, you know, BC's definitely gonna be leaning on the run game this game, even if they do start Emmett Moorhead. So, you know, we've been talking about it for weeks, but, you know, BC's going to lean on Pat Garwell, you know, hopefully they get him the ball in the red zone a little more to try to get some touchdowns there. Um, You know, BC's got a pretty good, uh, third down conversion rate. And that's mostly because of the running game, but they've kind of started to fall off in the red zone. Just, I think that's more on the passing game. Uh, but Virginia tech's got a very good third down defense. They're 13th best in the country and they're 29th best in red zone defense. So, you know, I think BC is going to be able to run the ball pretty well between the twenties, but once it gets to the twenties, you know, they have to, you know, make sure that they can convert those opportunities into points and especially touchdowns. So I have a question for you. I I have a thought and I want to see if you agree with me or or disagree with me. What's more important for BC to be successful on Saturday, uh, Friday night. Is it better play from the offensive line or better play from the quarterback? I I think I'll go go with mine first. I think it's the offensive line because the issues that they've had with pass protection and with the issues they had at left tackle last week, I think is a big problem. I, I think, honestly, the ability to get Zion Johnson over to left tackle, if that's what they have to do. And honestly, even if Rabel's available, I think he should be he should only play sporadically because he's so banged up at this point. Um, yeah, um, I, yeah. I, I think it's the offensive line. Where, where are you at with that? I tend to agree because obviously, you know, the quarterback, that's a huge part of your offense, obviously, but the offensive line affects both the running game and the passing game, you know, despite the issues at left tackle, you know, they've been pretty solid there as a run blocker, but obviously there's been issues uh, in the past game. So I think making sure the offensive line is playing well is more important than the quarterback right now, because, you know, if, if you have a better offensive line that can, you know, improve your quarterback play by, you know, preventing sacks, giving the quarterback more time to throw. And, you know, for a guy like Emmett Moorhead, who wants to throw the ball downfield, giving him time in a clean pocket is going to be extremely important for making sure this passing offense stays on schedule. Now, maybe I'm crazy. You Are you on, on board that it's going to be Moorhead tomorrow? Not tonight. I, I think so. You know, <laughs> there's been some, a little bit of crazy smoke about it, you know, there could be, you know, a smashing of glass and then the stadium pops when Phil Jerkovich runs out of the tunnel, like Shane Falco and the replacements or something. But I, I don't think that's realistic. I, I do think it will be more head um, because I think that, you know, Virginia Tech, like I said, does have a pretty good passing defense. So, you know, even if it's just the threat of throwing the ball down the field, that's, you know, more accurate than Grossell, you know, that might at least open up the running game a little bit by keeping the defenders on their heels just to, just marginally more than it would be with Grossell. And it's it's so funny that you bring up the the um, matchups because when I did the matchup on the site, I was like, wow, BC technically on paper matches up decently with B- with Virginia Tech. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, the big issue with BC that they're lacking on is with the one I say drips into everything, where I think Virginia Tech outdoes them in um, the pa- in BC's off pass offense, right? Yeah, for sure. And like the, like I said, like they've only allowing 174 passing yards a game this season, which is crazy low. The other thing is that like the, we kind of have, you know, had our questions about Virginia tech and Justin Fuente, but I mean, this team is very solid in terms of, you know, kind of traditional things that make a team successful. Like I talked about red zone and third down efficiency. Um, and then also, um, they are sorry, losing my, uh, notes. Here we go. Um, they are, have the, where's the, sorry, I'm kind of just losing my notes here. Um, Anyway, so they, they're very good in terms of preventing penalties and not turning the ball over. So, you know, those are things that are uh, also important. Here we go. Uh, they have a 
plus three turnover margin and the fourth fewest penalty yards per game at only 33. So, you know, they're playing really well in that, um, in that area. So they can, you know, just keep things on schedule and not have, you know, big mistakes that kill drives or turn the ball over. Yeah. And so let's go to our prediction time. Cause this is the, this is the fun part. So my prediction again, I, I have it on right in writing and I've been on a couple of Hokies podcasts and I've kept it consistent. I have BC losing 24, 10. Um, I, I, it, for me, there's a possibility that BC's offense could figure some things out. Like we saw last week, they had four red zone trips. They got, you know, like three or six, either three or six points out of it. I forget what it was, but they weren't able to get touchdowns. If they get touchdowns there, that really changes the complexion of the game. Mm. Will they be able to do that? That that's a big question. They could, but right now I'm saying that they're not going to, and I, I I'm, I'm taking the Eeyore uh, <laughs> approach of making my predictions and I have them losing big. What do you, what are you thinking? Uh, not big, two touchdowns, but where are you at? Yeah, I'll, I'll take the other way. I'll, you know, I'll take the positive road. I think BC, I'm going to predict that BC will win. I'm not, you know, super confident in that prediction, but you know, I think that this is their first home game in a while, you know, it's another night game. Uh, it's obviously it's red bandana nights. So that's big. Um, I think that they'll get some things figured out on offense to, you know, kind of fix some of those red zone woes. I think the defense, you know, like I said, matches up quite well with this team. So I think they'll be able to limit what they can do. And I think there'll have to be some kind of, you know, crazy play, whether that be on offense or a big turnover on defense that kind of flips the field. And then they can, you know, get a big momentum swing play that kind of puts BC in the lead. Uh, I will go BC 20 and Virginia Tech 17. It's going to be right. close. Well, if you're into making putting a wager in this game, head on over to Bet Online. The, the wage, the line right now, I believe, is two and a half, and they're back and better than ever with a new web interface for the start of the basketball season, more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. I have to say, I was looking at some of my long-term bets, and I am killing it with one of my bets, which is NC State at six and a half wins. Easy win right there. Head on over to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code locked on to receive that bonus from basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC. I mean, they literally have everything on the site. You can go over to bet online and bet on your favorite Vegas casino games. And don't wait to take advantage of all their amazing offers available for the 21 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. So make sure you head on over to bet online where the game starts. If you know me, you know I am a huge fan of Bilt Bar. If you haven't tried a Bilt Bar by now, I am telling you, you are missing out. You know, it, it says on the package that they're a protein bar, but it does not taste like one. It tastes like a candy bar. It's 100% covered in chocolate, and they are delicious. Now, most protein bars, they're chalky, they're waxy, they're not fun to eat. They, You know, it's a chore to get through them. Not with the Bilt Bar. The Bilt Bar is delicious, and it's filled with all the goodies that you want to eat and all the nutrition that you desire. If you're looking for the Built Bar, they are low carbs, they're low calorie, low fat, low sugar, and high in protein. And right now, they've got some great flavors. You can check out the coconut wrap, which is my absolute favorite. The raspberry mint brownie, coconut almond, salted caramel, double chocolate, and cherry barcia. I have a little cabinet in my, my garage where I, I, I have to hide it from my son because my my son has now found Built Bars and goes, I want Built Bar. And I, I'm like, yeah, I can't have your Built Bars right now. You can have a bite of data's. But my wife has hers out there. I have mine, and we enjoy our built bars. 
this month, go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. This is Locked on Boston College. AJ Black here. I am joined by Mitch Wolf, who's uh, substituting in for Eric Hosses here on Friday. I'm really excited to have Mitch here because we're going to talk about gambling and some of the games that are going on this weekend. But I want to say, if you enjoyed this podcast, if you like Locked on Boston College, check out Locked on ACC. It's hosted by Candace Cooper and a rotation of other ACC hosts, including yours truly. We talk about everything ACC on this podcast. It's great. It's engaging. Check out Locked on ACC wherever you get your podcasts. Now, we already talked about Friday's games, but there's a four game, uh, five games ACC-wise on Saturday. The first is actually an out-of-conference game between Wake Forest and North Carolina because they had to kind of fig- fiddle around with their schedule. North Carolina is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I don't understand it, but I was always told by Eric Hofsis that if there's a Vegas line that doesn't make any sense, lean into it because they know something that you don't know. Do you agree with that, Mitch, or would you go with Wake Forest on this? In this instance, I'm going to go against Eric, but before I do that, I want to make one stat correction. I think I was looking at the wrong team. So Virginia Tech is actually 33rd in passing yards allowed, not 10th, but at 205, 200.5. So just that was one good, correction. Um, still good pass defense. Though. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But anyways, um, yeah, I, I, I totally get that logic, but I just think Wake is playing too good right now. You know, I don't think North Carolina is going to have a huge home advantage. You know, I think their season is kind of – you know, not panned out well. So I don't think they're going to have a ton of, you know, fan support right now, whereas Wake Forest is hot, you know, they're, you know, really gunning for this ACC title. I think that they're going to come in there. And, you know, I think I'm sure that they, I mean, I'm not sure how college coaches do this as much as NFL coaches, but I'm sure they'll tell them, Hey, you know, North Carolina's favorite, like they still don't respect you. And I think Wake Forest is going to take it North Carolina. And, you know, the over over under is set at 76 and a half. And I'm still taking the over. I, these teams don't play defense and they put up points. So uh, the projected score would be about 39, 36. I think both teams score in the forties. This is going to be a barn burner of a game, which will be fun to watch. I, I picked wake forest as well. As much as I, I like Eric's uh, his philosophy. I, I like any gambling philosophy. I love to hear about what your thought people's thoughts are. Um, I think wake forest is going to win this one too. It's actually one of my bet online bets of the week. Mm-hmm. So that was what I picked um, now Pitt. They're a 21-point favorite over Duke. I mean, obviously, the, the end game of this is pretty in, in, uh, pretty clear who's going to win. Duke is a mess, and it looks like – if I was a betting man, the, the bet I would have is that David Cutcliffe is done after this year. Um, can Pitt cover three touchdowns? I think they can. I think they can as well. And, you know, because like you said, like Duke doesn't really have anything going on right now on offense or defense. So, you know, 21's a big line, especially for, you know, Pitt. It's a team coming off a loss. But, you know, I think that that loss will kind of wake them up and then they'll be like, all right, let's go and, you know, kill this team that we're supposed to kill. So I think they cover, but I would take the under here because, you know, it's set at 64. That's pretty high. I think. Pittsburgh scores a lot. I'm not sure Duke does. And, you know, Pitt, this isn't one of Pat Narduzzi's best defenses, but again, Duke doesn't have a lot going on. I think Pitt's defense will figure it out this week and uh, Pitt will score a lot, but Duke will not. All right. Uh, Quickly. We'll just just do this one quickly. 10 and a half point favorite Miami over Georgia tech. I like Miami here. I think Georgia tech's defense is a mess. I like where Miami's heading. I think they get their team kind of going in the right direction going into next season. I definitely think Miami wins. I'm, this is a weird line for me, 10 and a half. That's just kind of an odd spread. I, I think I, I would, I think I would take Georgia tech to cover, but I really don't know. This is a weird, I wouldn't touch it. If I had to pick, I'd take Georgia yep. tech, 
but I'm not, I'm not going to touch this one. I'd also take the over here. Like you said, the uh, Georgia Tech's defense is bad. I think, but I think Georgia Tech could score to keep it interesting. Uh, so I take the over at 63 and a half. All right. North Carolina state, only a three point favorite over Florida state. Um, Florida state's playing better, but I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I like the wolf pack here and three points seems easy. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've yeah, two and a half for sure. I think they'll definitely two and a half is a really good line to take because then you get that field goal to win uh, if the game is tied late. But I think NC State's handling business here. You know, they'll win by a good amount of scores. And the over the over unders at fifty five. I take the under here. Uh, I think another one where NC State scores a good bit, but Florida State's not gonna be able to do much against NC State's pretty good defense. And then finally, it seems like a, a fun bet every week is what's going to happen with Clemson. They 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 snuck in last week. They're a four-point favorite over Louisville, but the part that I like looking at this number is the over-under at 46. With the way Clemson's offense is playing, I like the under. I think that's a stronger bet than what the uh, actual spread is. Yeah, I had the under. I had the under at 47, and I was saying definitely take it. So 46, I'd still feel pretty confident there. And I'd take Clemson here just because, you know, their defense, say what you will about this whole team, but their defense is playing, you know, lights out against basically everybody. Um, I would take I take Clemson here. You know, I th- I'm not sure who's going to start a quarterback, but, you know, I think they're kind of slowly starting to maybe figure some things out. And, you know, Louisville had a good game against BC, but I think they'll struggle this week against Clemson. Uh, take Clemson at three and a half and the under at four or 46, I think you said. So I'm looking at the top 25 schedule. I was looking at it earlier and I was like, you know, I like to pick out like, you know, the good games of the week. Mm-hmm. And there's it's a, it's a surprisingly a week schedule. And I, I don't know if it was you or Eric that said when it's a week schedule, you get the best games. I think it was you, right? I so sort of, I said, if, if it looks like a boring schedule, that means there'll be chaos. Um, so I'm not, I, I say that. And then this week I'm like, yeah, I don't know. It does look pretty boring, but you know, I think something weird will happen. You know, I, I'm not sure. I don't think Georgia's going to lose to Missouri or anything, but you know, maybe <laughs> 39 maybe, point favorites, <laughs> right? Maybe like Nebraska upsets Ohio state at home or something like that. Yeah, I, I'm, that's why I said the UNC game. That could be the weird one. Um, the one the one good game of the weekend in top 25, and we'll get into some of the other fun games in a second, Auburn and Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. Um, four and a half point favorite for Texas A&M. I, I like the Aggies here. I don't I'm not a big yeah. Bo Knicks fan. No, I am. I'm, I'm president um, and, you know, vice president, pre- uh, secretary, historian, treasurer of the hate Bo Knicks club. Uh, because he cost me money once one time, so I'll never forgive him. Uh, but I'm, I like the Aggies here as well. You know, playing at home, they've got a really good defense. Uh, their offense is a little hit or miss, but I, I don't. I think Bonix will struggle on the road here against a good defense. Uh, take Texas A&M at four and a half. I'd also take the over here at 49, you know, I, that, that gives us a projected score about 27 to 22. And I, I said Texas A&M's defense is good. I think that they'll make some big plays, but I think that the scoring will be at least a little higher than what's projected. All right, let's look at some of BC's friends. And our first friend is <laughs> is uh, the gym coach out in Colorado State. And they have, are a three and a half point favorite against Wyoming, which to me, oh gosh, when, these are the types of games when he was at BC, he would win because it's, you know, he's always good against teams that he was relatively in the same ballpark at. But he seems like he's kind of slid into these are the types of games now he's blowing. So Mitch, do you think that Colorado State will beat Wyoming? No, I don't, this is. I, I'm not sure if this counts as a uh, weird line, but you know, Colorado State getting three and a half on the road, or um, I guess losing three and a half on the road at Wyoming. I don't get that at all. You know, I, I don't think Wyoming's like particularly good this year, but I would say, like you said, they're about in the same uh, league as 
Colorado State. So I'm going to take the home team here to cover, maybe to win. Uh, this I, I'm not going to watch this game because it's probably going to be boring as hell. But yeah, I would not take Colorado State under any circumstances here. And and every game, it seems like I, I was just reading it's uh, like two days ago. Um, fans complaining about how Dazio blew the game against Boise State. And so, mm-hmm. well, it's always interesting to see what he does because it's, you know, he's out of our hair now, which some people are like, why don't you just move on? Guys, it's fun. <laughs> like these games happen when BC's not playing. You turn it on and kind of, you know, hate watch it a little bit. Yeah, you know I mean? I'm looking at Wyoming's schedule now. So they're four and four and they won their first four and have lost their, they're, they're kind of the same as BC, honestly. They won their first four and they've lost their next four. Um, so I don't know. I, I, this would probably be a game where I would say that Wyoming kind of gets off the schneid, you know, gets a win their first since September or whatever. The last win was against UConn, actually, fun fact. Um, so, yeah, I think I would take UConn to definitely cover and maybe even to win here. And then let's go back to the East Coast. UMass Minutemen, they have the URI uh, Rams in a game that, you know, there's always those games at the FCS where you look at and you go, hmm. And when you think of URI, they're not a team. You're like, oh, they could beat an FBS team. But they're, as I was talking to Mitch before the show, they're a team that are right on the top, the 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 brink of being a top 25 SES school. So they're good. Obviously, UMass is not. Is there a possibility of an upset here, Mitch? Oh, yeah, for sure. And like, I mean, calling UMass an FBS team is pretty generous, to be honest. And like you said, you know, I, I, I'm going to be honest, I don't know much about URI football. They have had a good amount of players in recent years that have kind of been you know during the draft season like oh this guy from Rhode Island's like pretty good like keep an eye on him so you know I think they're recruiting pretty well they're usually a decent team I know BC's got some transfers from there in the last few years so yeah I mean I don't there's no spread because it's an FCS game or at least I don't feel like finding one uh but yeah I would definitely take I would definitely pick a URI to win this one any other games that you want to talk about Mitch Yeah, there's a few. So the big one that I am looking at right now is Mississippi State or Arkansas. And, you know, Mississippi State is ranked. It's a little confusing, but Arkansas is favored by four and a half at home, which I'm very confused by because I don't like kind of Arkansas had that hot start, but they've really kind of fallen off the wagon recently. And, you know, Mississippi State has a, you know, they're running the air raid. That's what they do. I, I would take Mississippi State, put a, put a good amount of money on them to cover and probably even win that game. Uh, also take the over there. And then my one of my favorite pastimes is taking Big Ten unders because they're usually very reliable. So the two ones I'm looking at are Michigan State at Purdue, the over-under is 54. And this one's a little crazy, but it's Iowa at Northwestern, and the over-under is 40 and a half. And even at that low point, I would still take the under because <laughs> those two teams yeah. just do not score. Yeah, so it's going to be a fun weekend, and we have everything on BC Bulletin. Check that out. And Mitch will be back with us on Monday to recap the the Red Bandana game. Mitch, where can people find you on social media? You can find me at Mitchell T. Wolf, W-O-L-F-E, on Twitter. All right, and I am AJ Black. I am the editor and publisher of BC Bulletin. You can find me on Twitter at AJ Black underscore BC. Make sure to follow our site, uh, sorry, our podcast at Lockdown BC, and leave us a five-star review on Apple. It does help other fans find Locked On Boston College. Thank you all again. We will see you all again soon, hopefully, to talk about the end of a losing streak. Take care, everyone.